0: I want to chat to you briefly about what we're calling a heart for the harvest. You'll probably see that there's a little card on your seat. We'll explain to you in a few moments what to do with it. But <clears throat> I've been challenged for a long time just about this this idea of harvest and that scripture. I don't know how you read that scripture and not be moved by the fact that God is moved by people that he that he has compassion. Um, take a look at that first portion, Matthew 9 verse 36. It says that when he saw the crowds, I think we might have another one. When he saw the crowd, I wonder what we see sometimes when we, when we take a look at the people in class with us, uh, or when you see some of the people uh, that are at work with you, or some of those clients that make you want to swear, but you're trying not to swear because you don't want to say out loud what's actually happening in your heart. You know, you know, I wonder what we see. It's amazing to me that when Jesus saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the community, when Jesus sees the broader, multon Phoenix, Joe Lova, Rugby, Brooklyn, Ace of Plot, Tableview, Parklands, Cape Town, whatever area, that he has compassion. When he looks at the western province of Zambia, he has compassion. Compassion. There is no spot on the planet where people reside. It may not be the case if they're animals, but I'm talking like literal animals, so sorry about that for the animal lovers. But but, but there, there is no spot on earth where people are that I believe God doesn't look down with compassion. Because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. By the way, people don't always know when they're confused or helpless. There's so, many, there's so many things to prop us up that we don't even realize it. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. If you have a, a heart and a passion and a burden for people that are far from God, if you believe that eternity is real, if you believe that heaven and hell are real, and that God has to honor the choice of people, then, then that passage will freak you out. That passage will disturb you in a good way. As we, as we realize, wait, wait, wait. Did he say that the harvest is ripe? That, that the harvest is great? In other, words, in other words, people that are ready are ready. Like there are actually people out there that the harvest isn't the problem. Do you notice that? The harvest isn't the challenge. The challenge is actually God's people. The challenge is uh, Christians. And whether or not the workers will go into the field. So pray. To the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. I even like I even like the fact that it's into his field. So so actually the community, the city, the country, it's actually God actually calls it his field. Um, I've never actually noticed that part before, by the way. I've always, you know, you kind of, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like out there somewhere, as though it's like no man's land. But actually it's his field. God, it's all God's. He cares about people. The harvest is actually. Great, it's it's ready. I'm not saying that everybody's ready, but there is a harvest that is great and ready. But it's the workers that are few, and um, I'm always challenged with the idea that there are never enough churches, which is why, by the way, no church is ever your competitor, competitor. <laughs> which is why I don't want to hear anyone ever saying anything negative about any other church. We help the church get into Seamount across the road from us because our community needs way more churches. It needs way more Christians. It needs way more salt and light. It needs way more people in their complexes, in their communities, uh, in their businesses that, that that are healthy witnesses, not, not weirdos, just, just healthy. Uh, they shine a light. They are salt and light. There are never enough churches. No matter how significant or big churches are in cities, there are never enough. There are so many people that are still a part of this Ripe harvest, And so I want to make it very, very simple. Our, our two goals for the year, our two kind of clear communicable goals, so there, there are a whole bunch of others that we're working on within areas and within departments, are simply to reach more and to raise more. To reach more and to raise more. The idea is to reach more people and to raise more leaders. We believe that there is a great harvest, but we believe that it will take people, in many cases, it'll take leaders. Now, it's not restricted to leaders. Um, I think that anyone that is willing gets to be a worker. But, but you read through our scripture, people follow people. It takes, it takes leaders. So, so one of our goals is to raise up more leaders this year. We'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment. But our, our first goal, which obviously is always a natural goal, but last year we were actually very deliberate about focusing on health. We weren't saying we're not going to be open. To others, and we still saw people come in, and we still saw stories, and we still see uh, saw the church grow. But but our we felt like God was very much um, encouraging us, in a sense, to prepare the net, so to actually help people to get healthy. So last year, especially through uh, the freedom curriculum, I think a lot of people, a lot of you, hopefully you've held on to it, but have become healthier and more secure and stronger, and and where you have a clearer identity. Um, but but the thing is that it's an, it's an internal health. People can't always see it on the outside. Some of you have known, guys. I remember we had, we had a guy years ago who, uh, he was a massive guy at the gym. He was in his mid-20s. Um, he must have been on, like legit, he must have been on hectic steroids because he was, he was pumped, pumped, pumped. He looked massive from a muscular point of view. He dropped dead, boom, from a heart attack and from all the the... the, the Uh, consequences of the stuff that he'd been taking. On the outside, he looked amazing. On the inside, he was was dying. So so that's not what we're looking for. God's never looking for people to to be able to fake it well. God's looking for for us to keep growing genuinely healthy. I think it's summed up so well in the scripture that we have on the wall, where it's all about loving God, loving people. And by the way, there's a little piece there that we didn't highlight, but we'll talk a bit more about it on Sunday, where part of that is actually as you love yourself. So God actually allows you, to also take care of yourself. As we, as we grow in this healthy security, in this healthy identity, as we grow in loving God, we can't help but grow in loving people, which means that, we, that, that it'll matter to us. So as, we, as we're even doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, my encouragement to you, and just now we're going to ask you just to, to even, if you can not think of some names, we're going to ask you to actually put down some names on that little card that you have. Because I'm wanting us, one of the things I want us to pray about constantly throughout, not just the 21 days, but as we go into um, the end of March and as we prepare for Alpha, et cetera, for us just to be praying for the harvest, praying for a heart, for the harvest, praying for people, for people that are far from God. If you you prayed the Lord's Prayer that we put up on Sunday, I don't know if any of you have done that this week. I'm not going to ask you to put your hands up. I might be discouraged. But if anyone actually did that this week, um, I don't know, you might have taken note of that second line. In the verse, it says, your kingdom come. Even before your will be done. Because I can say, oh God, like, have your will done in my life? Because I really want your will in my finances. I really want your will in my health. I really want your will in my life. But before that, it's your kingdom come. And I'm not sure that this is correct, but I, but I always think of, when I think of the kingdom, I'm always thinking of people coming into the family, people coming into the kingdom. It matters to God. A sign of health for us, Is not just whether or not we're in church, whether or not we're serving our guts out. It is whether or not we actually care about, in addition to a few other things, whether or not we care about people, whether or not we care about people that are far from God, whether or not we care about people that are close to God, how much we're loving God, how much we're loving people, and how much we're allowing God to lead us in loving ourselves. So we want to reach more people through things like Alpha. We're, wanting to, we're trusting God for space at the moment in our building. Uh, many of you might not realize this, but we're actually needing um, more space for our preschoolers. Uh, that's actually one of, the re- one of the reasons. There are a few, but that's one of the reasons why we're moving our 11 o'clock service to 1030, because we have twice as many kids in the uh, nine o'clock service, preschool service, as what we have in the eleven o'clock service. Because I'm told, I don't know anymore, but I'm told that a lot of kids are napping. Um, that age are napping somewhere in the middle of that eleven o'clock service, so those parents aren't necessarily bringing them. So that's one of the reasons that we're trying to move that earlier, just to create more space. I don't ever want us to be okay with, with well, we're glad with, about the people that are inside. That, that's great, but God's like this little community. Out there, uh, the 6 p.m. service was started to create space for people that cannot make it in the morning, they're working, they're, they're away, they're exercising, they bubble us, they're, they're whatever. Um, that's like it is to create space, but 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 even physically speaking, we're we're praying, we're looking, we're speaking to different people about more space in the building for uh preschoolers. We are, um, and we, we would love to eventually. Start a class for special needs children um, running during that same time. Just, just trying to find ways to reach more. Take a look at Matthew chapter 6 very quickly. I'm going to just read this uh, very fast, but I'll explain to you the parts that are, I'm wanting to stand out, which hopefully are highlighted. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone... Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to the acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. As we go down to verse 5, it says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. And when you fast, this is Jesus speaking, When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and dishevelled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, by the way, I don't know why I'll just feel sorry for you. Um, I tell you the truth, that is the only reward that they will ever get. The part that I, that I want to stand out to you, number one, is that Jesus assumes that all followers are going to be giving, are going to be praying, are going to be fasting. In each case, it says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. The problem, however, you see, if we're just reading it at, at a first glance. The problem is not that these things are necessarily being done uh, publicly because obviously you can't do acts of service without someone seeing you necessarily. He, he's not challenging you uh, um, against ever being seen or ever being known. He's challenging the, the heart behind what we're doing. He's challenging the motive behind what we're doing. If we're doing good things to feel good about ourselves, we're not doing it for an audience of one. Take a look at verse uh, 4. It says, Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Going on to verse 6, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to the Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Verse 18, Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Everything that we are Called to do is for an audience of one. Is it okay that I'm speaking a little bit more soberly to everyone today? Is that okay? Because by the way, I see you as the church, I don't see everyone that comes to church on a Sunday as our church. That's that's the front door, that's our crowd. I, I, I actually feel like like God's wanting to challenge us this year, and so that's different for, for the core, that's different for the family than what it is for guests, for people that, that are still kind of investigating and exploring. But but I believe that God's wanting to challenge us that it is natural, it's, it is ordinary, it is part of our custom and our culture if we're following Him, that like, of course we're going to give. When you give, of course we're going to pray. When you pray, of course we're going to fast. When you I want to just take a look at those very quickly. In terms of praying, again, I want you just to grab a hold of this little card over here. At the top, you'll see the words heart for the harvest. Every now and then, whatever it is that you're fasting, if you've if you've um, kind of put social media aside for now, and you and you kind of still going through a withdrawal where, where where everything in you wants to you know just be able to scroll. Someone was telling me earlier this week that, that they were just like scrolling up on on you version, just 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 because they've, they've got to like scroll up on something, like checking out different verses and and different things. Um, if you're finding that that compulsive part kicking in, or you or you've uh, maybe you cut out coffee and you know that that headache is kicking in and you're feeling that thing crawling up the back of your head right now, I want to encourage you. Amongst whatever else you're wanting to do in terms of connecting with God, I want to encourage you to pray. If if nothing else, just God, give me a heart for the harvest. God, give me your heart for the harvest when you pray. So 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 we're not praying out of legalism. We're not praying because I'm asking you to pray. God says, when you pray, like you're going to pray, but, but it's between you and God. I want to encourage you to pray for a heart for the harvest, and we're going to encourage you, and, and in the next couple of weeks, we're going to give it out to the church as well. I'd love for you, you don't have to do it now if you don't have people uh, that you can think of immediately, but I'd love for you to think about people that you want to pray for over the next couple of months where you're asking God to work on their hearts. You're asking for a heart for the harvest and for a heart for the people around you. You're asking God to work on their hearts. And then, I don't know, trying to put it somewhere where the people won't see it. You know? So like if you're praying for Johnny, don't put it like on your desk next to Johnny. But you, know, you might have to put it in your wallet. That's why we actually made it a business card. But I don't know, put it somewhere in your wallet where you'll actually see it. Um, like if you use a credit card every day, let me put that in place of your credit card. But you might have to put it on your mirror. You might have to put it, if you have a car on your dashboard, whatever the case is, but just put it somewhere where you're gonna see it regularly, please. And we're just asking God constantly, God, give me a heart for the harvest. Help me to see where I can invest so that maybe one day I can invite. God, where do you want me to invest so that one day I can invite? So it says, when you pray, sorry, when you give, then it says, uh, sorry, that's when you pray. Then he says, when you give. I wanna chat to you for a moment about the fact that I, bel- I this is my personal conviction. I believe that amongst many other things, part of God's plan for financing his work in the world is through tithes. If, if every person in every church tithed, I don't think you'd need miracle offerings. I don't think you'd need um, individual donors to make significant contributions. I think if every person were contributing and doing what, what they believed God wanted them to do, I think you'd be amazed. I, I've heard it said before. Some of you might remember, uh, might remember Bill Wilson from a few years ago. He's quite a hardcore guy. But, but he was talking about how, how the, only, the only hindrance, the only thing that gets in the way of God's purposes in the world are bucks and bodies. And by bucks, it doesn't mean like hot chicks. It means like, you know, money. So money and people. The only, the only thing... So, so we can say, yeah, but surely it's just people and God will make a way. Well... Let me tell you something. It costs Jason and Charlotte to do what they do in Zambia. Um, it costs for us to do what we're doing in Cape Town. I honestly believe that it is God's purpose. Now, I hate the idea of manipulation, and that's why I said right up, I prayed right up front, and it is always my prayer because I don't think it ever, it's ever going to bear fruit. I don't ever want people to give under compulsion or out of manipulation. I can only tell you what I believe, what I have a conviction about, and I can share Scripture with you. Malachi three verse ten says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, by the way, some people get really nitpicky and they say, Do you notice how it says bring? It doesn't say give. Some people argue that we're not giving God anything. We're bringing back his portion. We're him back what belongs to him. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Uh, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now I've got to tell you, I get nervous when I read that kind of thing. I get nervous at the idea of suggesting to anyone, hey, like just test God. There's a part of it that almost feels a bit disrespectful to me. But it's God saying it in Scripture. And I can only tell you that we've had personal example after personal example after personal example after personal example, just just as a family. And I've seen so many other people where God has provided in ways that they never could have provided themselves as they continue to honor God, not just as a token thing with their tithe, but obviously with their whole lives. You don't get to bring a tithe and then blow the rest and then like, hey God, you said I must test you. He's like, yeah, don't be dumb. Like, There are other principles about saving and budgeting and spending and all the rest. But, guys, I can't tell you how many personal stories I've seen, how many personal stories we've experienced where God provides. It's not only in the Old Testament. Matthew 23, verse 23, the second part of the verse says, You should tithe, yes, this is Jesus speaking, but do not neglect the more important things. Again, it is recorded in Luke 11, 42. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Just in case, I mean, I don't know. I think, I don't know when last we actually taught on this, and that's why you'll hear that we don't do um, uh, offering motivations on Sundays. My personal conviction is that if we're going to talk about it, let's teach it. Let's do it systematically. Let's do it properly. Let's take people through, through the passages and try and, and answer the inevitable questions. But just in case you haven't been here since we've taught on it, a tithe is a tenth. It's 10%. Um, and I've got to tell you, I don't know if there's ever an easy time to start, but I want to encourage you. So again, I'm talking to you as the church. I'm talking to you as the family. No one's policing anything. We don't, we don't get to see. We don't try and find out. I'm saying to you, I think God wants something more from most or all of us this year. It's not all related to this. I'm saying in some way, I'm saying, God, what, 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 what are you wanting from me this year? And my heart is that if we're going to have a heart for the harvest, if we're going to believe in God's desire to reach more people and to raise more leaders, that we'll have an attitude that says, God, what do you want me to say yes to? What are you wanting me to do? What are you encouraging me to do? What are you challenging me to do? Whether it's praying more, giving more, serving more, whatever the case might be. So we pray, we give, and then Jesus said, when you fast, when you fast. Not like if you fast, if you're a super Christian, if you, you know, wear a little S under your, you know, your T-shirt. Um, he's just saying when you fast. Now, again, I think, I think back in those days, it was probably always referring to something uh, physical, whether where it was a food fast, et cetera. Um, and, and, and I think that that is still the case. That is legit. But I just think that there are so many other things in the 21st century that compete for our affection and for our attention. So I'm just saying that it's a good practice to actually fast on a regular basis, whatever, that, whatever you feel like that needs to be for you at that time. But, but if you'll allow me a little bit of latitude, I want to look at this in a slightly different way. So this isn't technical. I'm not giving you a theological teaching on the term fast. More than just a technical fast, the, the idea indicates me saying no to something so that I can say yes to something else. This year, I believe that God is wanting many or all of us. Frankly, I think it's just up to us. I think he's wanting all of us to be open to God. What is it that you want me to say no to, so that I can say yes to something bigger? And that that could be, a host of different things. There could be hundreds or thousands of different ideas. Frankly, for some people it could be saying no to an unhealthy relationship so that you can say yes to a healthy circle of relationships. It could be saying no to something that you do on a Tuesday night so that you can say yes to serving at Alpha uh, when it starts up. It could be saying no to sports on a Sunday because you, because you believe. So not because we're manipulating you, because you believe that God is saying, I want church to be a priority. I want you to help build the kingdom. I want you to help be a part of it. Don't let them have to, just just make it a priority. For some of us, it's saying no to something financially so that we can say yes to something else financially, where we're going to invest in something that will last for eternity. I have no doubt that God's plan to finance missions is through Christians. It's not through wealthy organizations, although that can happen too. We'll take whatever we can get. I'm not fussy. I'll take whatever. I, I don't ask any questions, but, or maybe one or two, but but guys, for the most part, it's going to be through Christ. So God, is there something that you wanted me to say no to so that I can say yes to something else? For, for others, it could be saying no to, to certain routines during the week so that you can say yes to some rest, that you can get more sleep, that you can be a better human being, that you can be a nicer person. If, if you're at school, it might be saying no to something that's a, that's a, that you know is a constant distraction so that you can say yes to being diligent with your schoolwork, with your homework. I don't, I, 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 guys, I have no prescription. I don't know what it is. I just feel like God is wanting a lot more people to say yes this year, and especially yes to things that are going to help build the kingdom. I believe that there are a lot more people in our church that God is going to want at some point this year to say yes to leading a life group, for example. Yes to 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 taking a risk and carrying some responsibility in an area that that you're actually quite uncomfortable with. But because you're slowing down to be with Jesus daily, so that's, that's not something you have to pray about, by the way. That's not, I'm not saying, like, you need to say, like I'm hoping you're saying yes to that anyway, right? So if we're going to slow down to be with Jesus, then hopefully we're going to sense him inviting us to whatever it might be. My encouragement to you is to look out for anything that God might want you to say no to so that you can say yes to that stuff which is really important. So on the backside of this card, you'll notice that it asks the question that I can hardly read without my glasses. It says, what is? <laughs> no? Oh, what is? Oh, what is? That's right, what is? I helped design that. I don't know why I chose that font. What is one thing I can do to grow? <laughs> I can read the bold stuff. A healthy heart for the harvest. feel like i'm in grade 1 <laughs> thank you very much for helping me get through that just now when we when we take part in communion i want you to hold that question in front of you and if you're able to write an answer to that before you leave fantastic if not then i want to encourage you not to just throw it away or pack it away but to keep it somewhere that you're going to see it and to keep praying and to keep asking Guys, to be diligent. Come on, man. This is like eternity we're talking about. This is stuff that's worth a bit of effort. It's worth, if you're not sure what, what the answer to that question is for you, between you and God, I'm saying find some time. Create a bit more space. Guys, we're, we're not trying to make money yet we are doing we we are about something that is far more significant that's going to last far longer why on earth would you want to give your life to anything else if you can give yourself to something that's going to last a million million years is there anything that god wants you to say yes to is there anything that god wants you to say no to is there anything that you have to is there anything that you can do to grow your heart for the harvest so we want to reach more people. These are just some of the ways that we can do that through praying, through giving, through fasting. And then we want to raise more leaders just briefly. We just want to mention that, that we're going to be starting. I mean, obviously, we'll have these quarterly team nights. We'll make sure you get the right dates. Just so you know, that was the 4th of March is the next one. Is that right? Yeah, for the March. Um, but we're also going to start a, what we're going to call monthly Mondays for our team leaders to begin with, and we're going to look at just investing as much as we can, the best material we can find, the best curriculum we can find, just to help equip our leaders to, to, to serve their teams as well as they can, um, hopefully eventually to lead leaders so that we have leaders of leaders um, and leaders of servants. So these are just some of the dates. Um, you can take a quick photo of that. Oh, I'm so confused. We'll give you the right dates if, 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 if that is wrong. Um, but you'll notice... No, 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 that, that should be right. So, Yeah, it is on Mondays. Anyway, we'll we'll, g- we'll give you the date for the team nights. The, um, you'll notice that it's pretty much the first Monday of every month, excepting when there is um, a holiday or we choose to rather do a team night that week. So like in July, for example, that week, we, we're choosing to do a team night. Um, and then uh, I think there's another one. April. Yeah, so April, we also chose not to do it because it would have been the first of April but then we've also got Alpha starting the next day on the second, and we've got other groups and stuff. Anyway, so we're going to, we're going to call you out to what we're calling monthly Mondays just for some, for some personal relationship, checking in, accountability, et cetera. Um, we'll chat to you about times where you can um, include a co-leader or, or potential leaders, et cetera. But we are wanting to do everything that we can to reach more this year, 2019, and to raise up more leaders because we believe that it's going to take health, and hard work. It sounds great, the idea of a harvest, but a harvest actually involves hard work. You'll never hear a farmer saying like, "It's yes, amazing, such a chilled time. It's harvest season. <sighs> you know, like it's a, it, is a, it is a busy time. Now, now you, may, you may think, okay, but hold on. We've just spoken for the whole past year about health and rhythm and rest and all that. They're not contradictory if we are doing it in response to and out of a place of rest. So if we're doing it out of a place of health, if we're doing it because we're in a secure place with God, not because that's what everyone else is telling us we have to do and so I better fit in, because the reality is that we're in different seasons of life and we're in different places in our journey. So the last thing I want you to do is to compare to other people that are doing more or less. So, don't feel better about yourself if you're doing more than others, and don't feel bad about yourself if you're doing less than others. I'm just saying that wherever you are, don't be surprised if God calls you to do something that, that actually requires hard work. Work was in the Bible before sin. Work's not a result of the sin. Just so you know, Adam and Eve, they worked the garden before sin. So, work's not a problem. It's just what sin did to work. But, but if, it's not a, if it is not a bad thing, and so it takes health. So I know, I know for myself that I can cope with more stress the fitter I am. I, can, I have more margin. I can process things the healthier and the fitter I am. So, so I, I can't go and run the Comrades Marathon because I'm just not fit enough to do that. But another friend who is fitter and stronger and has been running for many, many years can do that. So again, I can't compare to that, but I know what my next step is in terms of getting healthier. Just very quickly before, before we call the band back up. Um, healthy roots produce healthy fruit. So if we, if it's going to take health, if it's going to take strength, and and hard work to bring in the harvest, guys, we always please understand. We're never wanting to look at the fruit first. So we're never wanting to look at what you can produce first. We we always have to look at the root. Be well, not that we can't. I mean, we can just ask you questions and encourage you. I just want you to know we care about. What's happening underneath? That that you are genuinely healthy, not like that bodybuilder who looks well. He didn't look great, but he looked very muscular on the outside. We don't want you. We don't want you just to look the part. We're saying we really, really want you to be healthy. John fifteen is such such a, a powerful passage for me on this, where we talk about abiding in the vine. As we remain in Jesus, we will uh, we will produce fruit, and it's too Jesus says, it's to my Father's glory that you produce much fruit. So this, this isn't about comparing results, but it, I do, I am convinced that God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to be fruitful. The only way to do that is, as we spoke about last year, through being with Jesus. And we can't help it. The result of that is that we will become like Jesus. And we can't help it. We will start doing what Jesus did. If we are being with Jesus, we will become like Jesus. We will do what Jesus did. Don't jump to, okay, well, I better do what Jesus did. No, no, you'll burn out if you're doing it in your own strength, and you're not doing it as a, out of a place of joy and peace where you are being with Jesus. Matthew 13, verse 19 gives another illustration, kind of from agriculture, where it talks about the parable of the four soils. With the fourth soil, it says, that the seed that fell on good soil, take a look at this, represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest, look at this, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. Guys, that's sobering, like in a good way. I mean, that's exciting to know that God's saying, I have so much that I could do and want to do in and through you. I think I mentioned this on one of the Sundays. As soon as I've been chatting lately, we were just we were just saying we. I don't think we can imagine, begin to imagine what God can and wants to do in us and through us, if we will if we will just keep like seriously obeying whatever the next step is, whatever the next. If we will keep doing everything we can to be as healthy as possible, as 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 intimate with Him as possible, as healthy in our relationships, as healthy in our bodies. If we will just take Him seriously, go all in, guys. 30, 60, 100 times? And that's for eternity? I think that's a big deal. The worship team can come on up. In summary, don't miss this. I believe that the fruit of followers of Jesus are summarized in the great commandment, godly character, and the great commission. The great commandment, godly character, and the great commission in other words again what's going to be evidence of our health of whether or not we're following jesus is not going to be that i'm giving more than everybody else it's not going to be that i'm serving my guts out i mean that might be if it's from a healthy place but somewhere along the line the truth's going to come out because a tree will produce the fruit of its of its roots right i'm saying that that I don't want you to purely evaluate your health by how much you're sacrificing or how doggedly you're willing to drag yourself out of bed to go and do that flipping thing that they asked us to do because I love Jesus and I guess Jason's gonna be mad if we don't and to Jasmine Street, they told me to move again. And no, no, that ain't healthy, okay? That's not healthy. What is healthy is the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If I am, if, I, if there's evidence that I am loving God, loving people, loving myself, not you manage not to lose your temper in the traffic. I mean, that's good too, but, but wait, God, is there just, just, and again, it's between you and God. Between you and God, God, am I loving you? Am I? Like, are we okay? Okay. All right, I'm loving you. Am I loving my neighbor? And you might find that God even puts something on your mind and be like, okay, better go do something about that. I think the part that probably most of us neglect, maybe even the most, is a healthy self-care. So am I loving myself? Am I, am I actually taking care of this gift that you've given me, this one life that you've given me? Am I, Am I appreciating the gift of rest, the gift of Sabbath, the gift of rhythms so that I can actually serve you long-term and love you long-term and bear the fruit That you want me to bear. That's the great commandment. Godly character for me is is summed up in Galatians 5 with the fruit of the Spirit. Where if we are growing in our relationship with Jesus, if we're following him, the Holy Spirit will produce. If we are submitted to him, surrendered to him, he will. Like you can't help it. He will produce that fruit in our lives that most of you are aware of. And then lastly, the great commission. Health will be reflected by the great commandment, godly character, and the great commission, which is to go and make disciples. That is to reach more people and to raise up more people. To reach more people and to raise more people. And just in case you think that this is a little bit too far from what we spoke about last year, take a look at Matthew 11, verse 29 and 30. Jesus says, let me teach you. So so you wanna follow me? You wanna do everything I've called you to do? You wanna say yes to the right stuff, no to the wrong stuff, work hard, be healthy, do the hard work of harvest? Well, then let me teach you. So that's why it's never gonna kill you off if we're following Jesus. It may kill you off if you're following Jason only, but if you're following Jesus, like if you're doing it from the right place, let me teach you, he says, because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls the moment you're doing for jesus is outpacing your being with jesus you won't have rest for your soul so please let that be an alarm bell don't feel ashamed don't 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 die slowly speak to someone ask for help let's us let us adjust something we don't ever want your doing for jesus to destroy your being with jesus matthew 7 is is the worst verse in the bible about doing all these great things for Jesus and Him saying, get away from me, I never knew you. That's not what God wants. God's not happy with that. He wants you to know Him, to enjoy Him. I will give you rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear. So if God calls you to something, His yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you, He says, the burden that I give you, relatively speaking, it's actually quite light, like it's doable. I'm not gonna kill you off. People may kill you off. Your own insecurity may kill you off. You having the wrong identity and trying to uh, win the wrong wins and trying to impress the wrong people—that might kill you off. But my 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 burden, that's actually it's light when you when you when you're walking in rhythm with me. When you're getting rest. When you're pulling aside. All of us know that there's a good tired, right? Like when you've exercised and you've done the right stuff, and you're like. Like you feel like I've earned the sleep. And then there's that like yuck tide where it's like, I'm just eating junk and binge watching series. And I just, I'm just like, ugh, oh, I'm tired. Like it's, like it's an ugly tide, right? There's a good tide. If you've just run the comrades, like you've earned a the sleep. Then there's a bad tide. And in the same way, there's, there's, a, there's a good rest and there's a bad rest. So I'm saying we need to do the good, we need to get tired in in the best way, exercising God's purposes, and then enjoy the rest, the rest that He's given to us as a gift. It is a gracious gift. The rest of God. It's amazing.